Welcome to My Vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about of of our lives. About our lives. About our lives, you drunken asshole. Having organisms. <laughs> All content made up on the spot, but probably research. Just kidding, fool. It's definitely research. So we've had some wine. <laughs> Whatever, we deserve it. It's quarantine we rules. Do. It is quarantine rules. It really can, depends like, on how you say it. Like quarantine rules or quarantine rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of me is like quarantine rules rules. I'm sort of like, I wouldn't mind some days being like, whatever, it's quarantine rules. I'm going to have a drink at two. Oh, oh you're, you're later than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I got some judgment from my roommate a little bit ago where I, to be fair, I threw, I threw shade first because I caught him. I caught him brushing his teeth at 4 p.m. And I was like, you uh, you brushing your teeth for the first time today? And he went, yeah, is that your first glass of wine for the day? And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Hey, listen, listen, listen. I would rather be having my first glass of wine at two than brushing my teeth at four. Because <laughs> I've already brushed my teeth three times today. Listen, I don't even care. I got so much shit done today. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I deserve wine whenever I want. I woke up at 9.15 today. I did a workout. I fucking started my business with, or I, I did <laughs> started a business. Started just... over, started a business. You know, no problems. <laughs> I did the tasks for my cool kind of business. I don't know. I guess you need to make money to have a business. <laughs> uh, and then I'm recording this. So yeah, crushing it. I'm crushing it, killing. It. I sent out emails. I went to the bank. Fuck you, Doug. Yeah, fuck you, Doug. <laughs> oh man, I haven't been to the bank in ages I had, what's it I had like to... what's it look like you know I asked the teller whether it was weird to adjust to being comfortable with people walking in in masks and she just looked at me something might have been happening underneath the mask I'm not sure but like think about it like every every like robbery movie is people going into a bank oh. with fucking masks on so it's like what kind of fucked up shit is that to work in a bank That's... and have everyone with their fucking face covered such a good point we could all be robbers that's what i'm saying what's happening at the airports like if okay if you have to fly and you have to go through security yeah are people wearing masks or like because like how weird would it be touch people so like how are you patting people down yeah and like how weird would it be to be like oh you have to take off your shoes and your belt and i'm gonna check to make sure there's no bombs in your underwire but keep your mask on I'm thinking right? more like, I mean, think about when you're flying and they do the buzzer, like the the fucking the wand. Yeah, yeah. They always grab my boobs. Do they? Oh yeah, because they always like make me take my hair down to make sure I don't have a bomb in my hair. I guess. Okay. Okay. Fair, and they sure. also Razor always, blade. always, and then the lady always has to like check my boobs, and I'm like, do your a lot of women wear bras with underwires? Yeah. So yeah, I don't like have that problem. This is an inefficiency in your system. No, absolutely agreed. <laughs> I always, I always get pulled over for uh, my Buddha. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a dark. It just comes up as a black circle. Yeah, so it looks like a fucking tiny bomb. Yeah, she's talking about a Buddha, not like her butt. Because <laughs> it just starts sounding. Maybe I am talking about a Buddha. Because my, or maybe uh, I am. T- maybe I am talking about a dunk? butt. Because my butt is the bomb. Oh. <laughs> Okay. A Buddha dunk? A Buddha dunk? A Buddha dunk. Buddha dunk. A Buddha dunk bomb. So, all this to say, you should donate to us on glow.fm slash welcome to my vagina because we deserve it. We're bringing you the real questions that you want to know the answers to. Everyone wants to know. Today's episode is. I love how we were so nervous about what we were going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> look we never have a problem. So stupid. We're so stupid. <laughs> um, plus, I feel like wine helps. I feel like we should do this for every episode. So we interviewed Lola Jean and Steven of the podcast Is Our Love. Uh, you're going to hear that today. <laughs> yeah. And you can go to their the Is Our Love podcast feed, and they posted our episode with them 
on their feed. So That's it's true. like double us and also double them. Double the pleasure, double the fun. There's That's... a candy bar, right? That's a no, candy I bar? think it's gum. Yep, you're right. Double, double your refreshment. Double, Wait, no, double it's Mentos. It's not gum either. It's a mint. mint. No, it's double mint. Oh. Oh, you're uh, right. No, you're so right. No, it's something. gum. Got, yeah. You double said mint gum. Yes, you said Mentos. That's not gum. Um, you're drunk. <laughs> um. <laughs> double the fresh leg. Double mint. Double also- <laughs> mint. Come on and double it. <laughs> also, check out Lola Jean's other project, uh, the PTP Experiment, which is making porn a social conversation. And she also does masturbation classes. So masturbate on over to her Instagram and um, slide into her DMs for some more info. Slide in. (laughs) Quarantine (laughs) rules. guys want a safe word <laughs> right? my, my safe that's mike pence yeah. i heard nice. that and yeah. it made me laugh so fucking hard the best was when it was in a like i got quoted about it in an interview and like they they left it in and i was like oh i hope mike pence gets google alerts oh, <laughs> that yeah. was so i fantastic. can't imagine I what mike pence's does. google alerts looks like <laughs> oh. all right well welcome to my vagina yeah. yeah yeah it's great to be here cool yeah. nice and warm good thank yeah. you i always like hearing that i like to be a good host <laughs> <laughs> we're here with lola and steven could you tell us a little bit about yourselves, please? Ooh, about Ooh, ourselves. About ourselves. So us. It's a we. Why don't you start? Uh, so Stephen and I um, are not in a relationship. No. We are best friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we have a podcast called Is Our Love, um, where we discuss sex, kink, BDSM. Love. And love. Sometimes. And relationships. And relationships. And Stephen and I are very yin and yang, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what initially drew us to each other and our friendship. Yeah, like, in a very non-traditional so, way. Yeah, we're <laughs> like we're very opposite. Lot. So like he's all love and feelings, and I'm all like kink and sex. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Pretty. I'm also I do some kink and sex, but <laughs> but my kink and too. sex is all emotionally yeah. rooted. Yeah. And, um, that's yeah. a kink with the feelings. Yeah. <laughs> in today's day, I guess. Right? No, it is a kink. I mean, I very traditionally like fall into long-term relationships. Yeah. Like yeah. hardcore. Yeah. And I can't find a relationship. Like no. Ditto. <laughs> I just that like Stephen could fall in love with a brick wall. I oh. know. Yeah. I, w- I think that's a superpower. I wish I had that power. It's not great sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I do it with things like I can't get a lap dance without having a conversation. Like, oh, like I can't, right. you know, like there oh, there are okay. like I tend to cross emotional boundaries with like prodoms, you okay. know, like like it definitely has served me not well all the time. I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we call each other out in each other's bullshit and it, you know. Yeah. It works quite nice. <laughs> that kind of friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So myself, I am a sex educator, a mental health professional, an occasional pro dom, a fetish wrestler, and the world record holder for volume squirting. Yeah. Tell us more about yes, that. Yes, please. please. <laughs> um, so you know what's funny? It was like I was teaching a class the other day and I like mentioned that. And someone's like, who had the record before you? And I was like, oh, I, I said it. I made like, it. Yeah. I was like, it, no one had it. Like, someone had it for distance, but not for volume. <laughs> wow. And they, they mentioned some porn, so they're like, oh, I would have thought that person would have Cytheria. had it. Sotheria. I believe it's probably Sotheria. No, Sotheria has it in distance. It was she does? Yeah, yeah. She okay. Does. But there was a different person who like, they had mentioned that that wasn't Sotheria, because that would be the first one that would come to my yeah. mind. And I'm just like, why does everyone always, always find the need to just being like, but are you that great? But are you that great? I'm like, I broke science, bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I squirted 1.25 liters out of my body in 30 seconds. You were there. You're yeah. <laughs> and I remember I remember before I knew you and had seen what your body does, like, I was also skeptical of you. Like, like I, I mean, you I think. You thought I was faking it? No, but I was like, but I was like, like I've seen some shit. I, I, you know, my life's been strange. Like I've seen some things. I'm like, but are you really? And then I saw it, and I was like, yeah, you really are. Like you had a squeezy bottle of water up there or something and shot out. Oh no, this <laughs> was like, all. Oh, no, no, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah. if you didn't believe, um, you're, you're yeah. talking about like juicing. Like you're, you're like talking to an Olympian, and you're like, so you're juicing, right? Like yeah. you're, yeah, no. Wait, how does this? How did like what? Where does this take place? This like where you did it in a, in a space an event that I created because I like to make things that are weird and campy I love it what was uh, the event it was a kinky carnival cool um, and it's a whole production it was super fun we'll probably do another one in May at House of Yes um, but essentially I Coming. was part of the freak show yep no please do um, I was part of the freak show of like the grand finale but there were all these kind of twisted carnival games that people could play so oh there's like cock ring toss pin the dildo in what? the butt that's amazing human pinata um yeah all and then there was um a 
Madame Vivian, who yeah. is amazing, amazing drag queen. She was the host, and she well, like walked us through. Uh, there was like a human dog show. There was the Olympics of pain, and then she was the referee for when I was doing the squirting world record. And then afterwards, because she used to work on a farm, she auctioned off the squirt. Oh my! And then God. we had a, a squirt awesome. sommelier come and then Stop. assess the quality. That's fantastic. Aww. All these things I made up. Like, that's not a job that exists. I hate oh, this point. It does now. It does now. <laughs> oh, my God. Reigning champion. It's like it's like truffle pig. There's a, less of a need, but the demand is high. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an event that we're, I would love to fucking go to. Holy yeah. Shit. That's yeah. fantastic. What, what was your experience? You were at the event. You I were was like at the event. DJ booth. Yeah, I was holding it down. I mean, it was kind of weird because there was a lot of... Um, it's, what, what channel is that on? The Epics? Epics. There's an epics documentary. Yeah. yeah, I mean the documentary kind of took over and became like you know we had to it was co- a lot of like it was like the day before we had to come up with all this cleared music and it was it was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of auxiliary things happening around. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my experience. Yeah, <laughs> basically what Stephen's trying to say is I don't do things small. No, she yeah. doesn't. Clearly, like, you know what this is this is really why like I connected with Olajine because I've always been really attracted to extremes and kind of left field things and I think what I was going through a rough time and kind of barreling out of my relationship like I we connected over be just being very yin and yang and then I went to a couple of her classes and it was actually the moment that I was really like ah oh, was that she invited me to this pegging class mm-hmm. and her pegging class is like m- moving it's mm-hmm. like really deeply moving to watch these people connect in this intimate way for the it's just like mm-hmm. oh my gosh and so yeah everything she does is is very extra and over the top and she's really great at she's a great friend that will push you to do things that you were wildly uncomfortable doing this is yeah. very true yeah i like doing that what do you do in a class like that unless that's not something that oh no can, it's okay. fine it's uh it's that one's a class where you can either come and watch all the things or if you want to partake you can mm-hmm. um it's one of the few classes i allow single people to come to where there is a bit more partaking um and that's because for people that are wearing a strap on they tend to feel a little less like attached because it's not their body part and also also people that are generally male identified in the submissive position so it takes away that power dynamic a bit Mm -hmm. but essentially me and my co-teacher dominus uh will talk about we're we're making a video class of this actually that should be ready soon and it looks amazing um but we talk about preparation why people are into it um what people get out of it why it's enjoyable We'll talk about cleanliness, safety tools, um, and then we'll get into actual demonstration and explanation of using your hand and showing you how to do this and Mm. using a dildo, showing different positions, um, showing recommended positions for people that are doing this for the first time. (coughs) Excuse me, because a lot of like sex shops, when they do any kind of workshop on strap-ons or pegging, they're kind of like, here are the toys. Be careful. Communicate. Put it in. Right. Right. And it's yeah. Like, okay. And but, that's it. But then what? It's like it's hard because it's not a part of your body. And you're also yeah. watching powerpoints. You're not yeah. watching people in real time. Like it changed. I had a really bad pegging experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like I I have most men's first time pegging experience where it's like, it's okay, just me. yeah, like put it in. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, yeah. And you're just you know, it's it's uh yeah, it does not go well. Yeah. And, and so it was really really enlightening to just be able to see a class like that and be like. Oh yeah, there's this is like, how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, there's like way more. It can more. be lovemaking. The only pegging you usually see is like really aggressive dom sub stuff, but like yeah. it can be really nice. Well, and even just it gives you such a broader understanding for just like anal. Honestly, and... I've, yeah. I've taken like what I teach in pegging and use it on myself for an I receive anal. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, everyone's got a butt, baby. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Just we don't all have prostates. That's yeah. Right. right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and I, I think it's also like having that the communication of wanting to do it and the communication of like leading up to it isn't spoken like you said like at sex shops it's just kind of like yeah here you go like lube up put it in Mm -hmm. do you teach like how to like communicate with your partner if that's something that you're interested in in terms of pegging yeah we talk about how you bring this up with your person um Mm -hmm. different approaches that are applicable to things more than pegging but i think like the biggest thing that we give people is of like finding the prostate massaging it in Mm -hmm. ways in which you figure this out what kind of touch it tends to like what's too much how to communicate with that your with that with your person and also just different positionings of the body that can be easier or like what do you do if someone has a really long pelvis and you have really short hands um there's so wow. many yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so nuanced and body, amazing yeah. exactly. just yeah. like bodies aren't the same and like here's what you can we always like showing people lazy ways of doing things it's mm-hmm. like if you're like my hips are super tired my hands are tired like here's what you can do so that the other person can be in control and you can still facilitate their pleasure i like to make it so that no one has an excuse of like why I can't unless it's that like I don't like it right yeah. you know that should right. be your excuse that, that should be your yeah. only excuse in yeah. life <laughs> yeah in general mm-hmm. yeah I'm really interested in talking to you guys about kink since we already kind of yeah. I guess brought that up can you explain to us what you kind of define kink for yourselves as 
Well, kink for me is anything that strays outside of the sexual norm. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a few folks uh, in one of my classes about BDSM. We were doing a class on like libido awakening and teasing. Mm -hmm. And BDSM is just like semantics. So any activity could be BDSM if I frame it in that way. Right. So we did a lot of like teasing with like feathers and sensation play. It's like, cool, that's also BDSM. That's also kink. Right. So it just depends how you frame things mentally in that way. I was also trying to figure out if like if there's like a huge difference between kink and fetish. Okay. So yeah. So kink and fetish, I think that's where the divide is yeah. more so. Fetish is defined differently amongst people. I like to either refer to it as um, something that is like a bit of an obsession mm-hmm. um, sexually or non. And also like if it causes a release, that release doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be erection, orgasm, ejaculation. Mm-hmm. It could just be that you're getting to do this. So it's almost like when you have an itch and you itch it or you mm-hmm. have to sneeze really bad and then you sneeze. Yeah. Um, or it could be assigning a sexual connotation to something that wouldn't otherwise be. So like stockings, feet. Right. Those aren't innately sexual. Right. Leather. All those types of things. So that's they're not. Why they're <laughs> <laughs> you have a leather I, fetish. I have a leather fetish and a stockings fetish and a feet. There you go. Yeah. I didn't that's, mean to list you're off just all listing of your, all yeah. my things. <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> How yeah. would you define it? Oh, uh, my relationship with, with it is really interesting because I feel like I've always identified. Well, how do you how do you two identify with it? I mean, do you identify yourselves as kinky? Do you consider yourselves kinky? So that's kind of why I asked too because I feel like I. Uh, I've been starting to just now like explore things like I've always been a Mm. super sexual person and I think recently I've been more open about the fact that I like love bondage like my go-to porn is bondage porn and there's still like a certain amount of shame associated with that Um, like even like I guess two years ago I probably wouldn't have even said that out loud yeah Um, and now I'm like this was something I want to do I'm starting to get interested in like going to a dungeon so you're like in the dipping your toe in I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like yeah I think I might be kinky you know like I I'm drawn to it I'm interested in it like everything that you're saying I get like a rise Mm -hmm. out of I'm like I fucking want to do that but you haven't figured out how to explore yeah I'm just like getting to the point where I'm like cool how do I do this yeah yeah and then sometimes visually like the things that we're into oh you know we don't we're not into physically yeah Yeah. no and that was a big part of my because I some my background is very very strange but I came up in my 20s like directing music videos and working in that world and then dating someone who was uh doing pornography um and then became a pornographer um so I've always had this relationship with kink and fetish where I was always super interested in it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't actively practicing it in my life. You're um, yeah, and and I think still <laughs> like it was so funny. And then I wound up uh, producing a podcast for years where my partner shared our sex life, and then that almost gave us more permission to like delve deeper into these things. But it still wasn't something that like I never considered myself kinky. I was kind of like where you're at, where it's like if someone asks you, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm vanilla, but I'm curious about yeah. this, 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 and yeah, this." Yeah. And I think um, you know I. Be, having the permission in that relationship and through doing things like podcasting, that kind of turned me into like, okay, well, I can admit these things. And, you know, and for a straight cis man, that's not something that you can normally admit in public. And honestly, like, I never would have admitted if I hadn't had the rug pulled out of me and kind of had my partner out me. Oh. Um, in, yeah. a, in a bad way? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that doesn't sound. <laughs> yeah. In a bad way? No. I mean, like, it was, I mean, I mean, do you, do you talk about your partners? On, on this podcast? Uh, never by name. Yeah. But yeah, I've spoken about like instances with people and I try to keep it a little vague. So yeah, it's not so like, my, my, my former partner was a stand-up comic who talked about me oh, first yeah, episode <laughs> by name. Oh, and no. sh- the first episode shared an experience that we had like uh, fingering my asshole. Oh, no. And, and it was kind name. of like, yeah. No, yeah. That's and like, That's like a consent issue in yeah. terms of yeah, like, but, information. You know, I mean, but it's like. That's not fair. It was something that at the time was a big fight internally within our relationship but then like there were so many fans and there were so many and it became such a beautiful thing that i kind of got on board and i was yeah. like this Steven's is amazing easy to take advantage of especially when it's a quiet <laughs> validation yeah <laughs> i that that's the thing i mean that's this really where i get protective mama bear on and you. and this uh, is this is kind of like what i honestly learned through kink and bdsm and yeah. through doing workshops and kind of finding my way because like really like I was in a very codependent relationship, which uh, was my choice, and like I was very involved in and mm-hmm. really interested in. But when that fell apart, like I just had no sense of self. Like I was a mess. Like I totally, I mean, um, you know, it's a hard thing for me to to talk about. But anyway, when I kind of came out of it, the people that I met through doing that podcast that were really supportive were my friends who were sex educators. Yeah. Um, and there's a really great, fantastic, supportive community of sex educators. Mm-hmm. And then as I got more and more just closer with those humans, um, it gave me a way to explore all these things that I've always been interested in. Yeah. That I've always kind of like, 
Um, and it, it allowed me to really analyze like, okay, well, what is the type of attention that I like? And that got me talking a lot more about attachment theory and love languages and kind of these like it helps you realize a lot about yourself yeah that's i don't practice kink as much as people probably think i do yeah but it's a great way of using it as a tool of like explanation because it's something where you can provide a framework to in that sense so i like to refer to like kink or bdsm it's a game there is a defined set of rules mm -hmm. and boundaries with a goal and two or more players yeah right we and can play with it manipulate it more. and then it gives you a really great set of language to describe accurately the way you're feeling you know mm -hmm. i mean i've really come to terms with like being very switchy but i'm very switchy because i like pleasing whoever i'm with even if that's just in a class of like you know massaging people's feet like yeah. i just want to like please whoever i'm with like i'm fucking doing it with you right now yeah, you know what yeah. i mean like i'm on your podcast i want to make you happy i want to show pleased. up yeah me too great i already feel pleased Yay, that validation that's all i need <laughs> that's what i need but i can always be pleased a second time i mean hey, um, <laughs> and there she goes there she goes i think honestly like i owe a lot to i started the web series like before me and rebecca actually started the podcast and mm. a lot of the reason that i even started addressing those ideas that were probably always inside of me were based in that and based in sex education. I mean, I watched some I of those videos. It. You were really young when you started the web series, no? I am still young, sir. You're still very, <laughs> still very, you are, you are very, still very young. Still very spread. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was about six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it really helped. And even honestly, the community that we've made through this podcast alone and having people share their experiences is yeah. more like, which is what we just need to do as a society yeah. is like the more that people come on and express what they like and what they're doing makes us want to do it more and yeah. that's what i really love about podcasting as a mm -hmm. medium um and why i was so drawn to i mean i really did not want to do another podcast when i met lola jean and we actually <laughs> tried to do yeah we do it was a good year of dragging my feet into into sex I podcasting <laughs> you drag your feet into everything i do drag <laughs> into everything, yeah but no it, i try i was like no look i'm gonna teach classes for men and and it just i it's hard to get men to show up but the beautiful thing about podcasting is like... Unless it's hard to get men to show up. Unless yeah, there's like right. a promise of like, Unless you there's a promise. Someone. Right, exactly. Right. Unless what? You could touch someone. You might yeah. see someone. If it's like pornographic, men will show up. But like, like we tried to teach a P-spot stimulation for straight it's identifying men. Stuff. Yes, butt stuff. Yes, butt stuff. Butt stuff. P-spot stimulation right. for, her, for yeah. men. But, but the podcasting and the content creation, like yeah. that hits a space. And that's kind of what I've always been interested in doing. I mean, we kind of occupy. You don't have to visually see the people that are arriving or not arriving yeah. to listen to you. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. The people aren't afraid of being seen also is like part it's, of the thing. Yeah. Podcasts you know? are really private. You know, yeah. it's something you do in headphones. Like yeah. it's, it's, you don't even have to have a book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a little uh, less vulnerable. Mm -hmm. than, yeah. 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 yeah, just like basically being able to ask questions and have your questions answered without having to necessarily like look at the person who's giving you the information. And I think yeah. given how shameful a lot of things are in terms of like sex and pleasure and all this kind of stuff, I think people have a really hard time because we've been taught to be scared to ask questions and to be scared of being judged. And what if we sound stupid and like we don't know anything, but it really gives people an opportunity to learn all sorts of shit that they wouldn't learn from like in a safe space, which I yeah. think is really cool. That being said, when I teach my masturbation classes, I use I take out my own vulva and we go over anatomy on me, and it nice. usually makes people feel way more comfortable than mm -hmm. to get naked themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Just be vulnerable first. Yeah, totally. follow yeah. the leader. I feel like it'd be weird if like the teacher of the masturbation class was fully clothed, though, like right? turtleneck. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone take off your pants. <laughs> I'm gonna like work you through this. <laughs> um, you have a project called uh, Pass the Porn. Yes. So that was something we created from is our loves because we dub ourselves as sex education for the porn generation mm -hmm. um and a friend of mine aisha who has a company called the violet that is sex positive porn cinema we encountered aisha a while ago and i just thought the idea was brilliant and i described it as drive-in movie theater porn mm. except we're in new york and no one has cars so you know <laughs> but i like the idea of making porn social by watching it together so i don't really watch porn that much mm -hmm. um so i didn't have a relationship with it but making it social sounded more fun to me yeah i get off on intimacy mm -hmm. so <laughs> i don't like necessarily <laughs> doing things alone uh, that don't have the, the intimacy value to it but we created it as a way for people to form a new relationship with pornography. We're right now in a time where like no fap is huge of like, you know, don't masturbate, blah, blah, blah. Porn is bad. Porn is teaching us the wrong things or porn needs to be sex education. So we're either like vilifying it and, and making it the villain in the scenario or we're hiding our stash like behind our back type of a thing. Right. So we wanted to create a way for people to be able to engage with different types of pornography that the algorithm maybe isn't serving them 
to see porn that they like, that they don't like, that mm-hmm. makes them uncomfortable, that arouses them, that grosses them out and makes them want to leave the room. <laughs> so it's discomfort is where we learn and yeah. do that. But also in the same time, it's it's not a play party. You're not allowed to masturbate there because we want to make it a social conversation. So it's also taking away that it's always arousing. Stephen and I talk about this like a lot, but within like the difference between like sex conversations and sex positive conversations is that when you talk about sex, it doesn't always have to be dripping with sexuality and like leading to physical sex. You can talk about it like a fucking adult. Yeah. Yeah. So within that kind of scene where one, when people watch porn with a bunch of strangers, they feel a little bit more confident to like talk to someone, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, strike up a conversation of like, cool, I just did this thing yeah. and I'm okay. I sur- Oh, I watched gay porn and I survived. I'm still a straight man, yeah. <laughs> whatever it may be. There's or, definitely a beautiful representation that, yeah. that takes people out of their, what their whatever the porn search bar is. Yeah, because it's not all like money shot, money shot, money right, shot. Yeah. You can't sustain that for, it's an hour yeah. like, long worth of porn. We, we break up. Um, a bit based on oh on God. the theme. So a lot of it, like, there is storyline. There's beautiful shots. Yeah. When we had, like, the splashing event, I feel like I didn't even see a genital the whole time because it was so artistic. No, that's true. And that was all also funny. <laughs> Explain splashing. <laughs> yeah, right. Splashing, <laughs> is, um, <laughs> splashing is a food and mess play. Oh, oh okay. 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 So anything that... <laughs> right, it's right, like right, I right, knew right, it right, in right. the back of my head. Everyone's yeah. talking <laughs> about cake sitting right now. It's the big thing. I designed the event too. So I'm I'm a single person. I've always been a single person. And I find that so many times events are made for couples in mind. Oh, yeah. And it makes it a lot harder. So I wanted to make an event too where like if you come as a single person, whether you meet someone or not, you still can have a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, where is this? <laughs> I've been single for so long and I've also been a little dry in other areas for like the past like eight months. And I found myself on the couch the other night um, in a deep sleep and I woke up humping the air. So I feel like oh, I love maybe I need to go to this event. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that this is going to help with the air humping. <laughs> it might not. No. That's okay. Maybe I'll just get better at it. Yeah. <laughs> you would certainly buy, find a higher quality of porn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's introducing people because for whatever reason, people are more likely to pay like the 20, 30 bucks to go to our event than they are the $9.99 a month to buy a subscription to indie porn because they're like, oh, but I can yeah. get it for free. And it's like, well, do you want McDonald's or a steak dinner? Like, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think also, like, tying back into something you said earlier about, like, being at home, hiding your stash, all this kind of stuff. And, like, people don't see the work that goes into it on behalf of, like, the production team, also the actors, you know? And, like, we should be paying them. Well, also, like, how does that compensation work anymore? I mean, it's it's really an insane landscape right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a a lot of with, like, stolen porn, especially with things on on Pornhub, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, where where is the money going? Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of a deal. So, with... With the porn that we show, too, there's a lot of people that come to the event, including myself and another person on our team, too, that we don't really watch porn. We tend to watch porn more at our events and right. get introduced to it that way. Yeah. Because I, I get a lot of, like, fatigue if it comes to, like, searching for porn. I like, After a couple and I'm just not seeing anything that, like, hits my yeah. buttons, I'm like, well, I'm done. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here searching for an oh, there's hour. There's a ton of it. Yeah. So I'd <laughs> yeah. Rather just have there's so much. So much porn. It's really crazy. Do you two have go-to search bar? I do, but that's the thing. I, I, like... I, I usually go to bondage, but it gets to the point where, like, I also have to, like... Do you end up on, like, the kink.com, like, the bondage stuff? Is that your... No. No? But okay. I should go to that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. It's, like, yeah. also they have interviews with, like, the people, They have those interviews at the beginning. Which is great. Of it, which so that's humanizing yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Because for me, it's always important to, s- to make sure that it genuinely le- looks like the woman is enjoying herself. Because yeah. I've gone I on to get... some and been, like... This is horrible. Yeah. Like I, I started watching one one time and she like couldn't breathe and she tried to tell them like three or four times. And I was like, this is oh, no. awful. Like this is done. We're out. There's no interview where she like consented to that where I could see it for myself. You can see it very quickly when, whether someone is engaged exactly. in an act or not. Yeah. And for me, like that kind of ruins bondage for because for me, like bondage is so like trust what turns bound. you on about bondage. What turns me on exactly that's mm-hmm. it. But like what turns me on about bondage is the intimacy of it. Like if I can trust you on that level, it's a new tier for me of like bonding right you know that's i mean i also love teasing like there's a certain level of teasing that just like if somebody starts talking about it i'm like excited Mm -hmm. but i feel like the trust of it and the intimacy is like a full-blown i'm trying to make these things called bondage cocoons happen at the next uh (gasps) past the porn 
So we physically were drawn to bondage because it mimics the feeling of being in the womb or being swaddled. So being tightly bound, if you've ever had someone just like give their full body weight on top of you and why that feels good. I call that canoodling. There you go. Canoodling? (laughs) Yeah, because it's a canoe. Yeah, but but canoodling is so like these 12 year olds canoodling in the schoolyard. (laughs) I know. It sounds bad, but I used to be like uh, with my ex-boyfriend, I would be like, canoe me. And he would be like, what? Canoe. Canoe. So I would be like, canoe me. And then he'd get on top and I'd be like, it's like canoodling. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I like the pressure of the chest. That was like yeah, the main thing. That's a, and that's a thing we teach within like uh, asphyxiation play for, for fantasy choking of having that pressure there or mm-hmm. even just lightly around the neck without squeezing. That There is a lot of trust there, but then it also can just feel physically safe in yeah. that way too. Yeah. But yeah, the bondage cocoons, ideally, I'm trying to figure out how to hang it, rig it from the ceiling, but a hammock that you can lay in and then we put a gravity blanket on top of you. <gasps> wow. Bondage cocoon. <laughs> yeah. Like a blanket. I mean, I'm... <laughs> That sounds like something I just want in my room. Right. Like I could just crawl into the yeah. nook of it. You, you you may be able to buy it by the end of the year. Her, she, her ideas have a tendency to get legs. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds creepy. <laughs> I mean, you are releasing your your own branded puppy pads. Yeah. So you're talking about those puppy pads? Yeah. I just need to figure out how to fucking get it from China. Fucking make. Um, <laughs> I'm creating a a prettier version of puppy pads because so these are like the wee wee pads that yeah. your dog yeah, will yeah, yeah. be on. Um, which mainly people have been using dog products for squirting or some some more messier play with mm-hmm. insects. And the ones that look like Chucks uh, are unsightly. They're the blue and white type of a thing. Yeah. So I'm making a version that is gray and black, and it's going to say squirting queen on it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yes. That's yeah. Awesome. So it's like, do you want to get the one for dogs or do you want to get mine? I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. You could just like have that in your purse for like any exactly. any oh, yeah. occasion. I if you, love if you can't carry still. a liberator blanket around. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Honestly, though, like that's one of the ho- like, I can and have before squirted. And I remember like the last guy that I slept with, um, it happened like on a royal scale. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And I immediately like my first reaction is to say sorry, even though I feel like I shouldn't have to. And he was like, mm, I don't think that you have to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking I hot. Just yeah. say I say sorry like, when yes. I shoot it in someone's face. <laughs> Because I clearly never mean to do that. Because I don't, I can't control that. Yeah. Right. Um. I'm ac- I'm like super. Just so that you know why I'm like a little quiet. I'm super private about my sex life in general, mm-hmm. so I don't really talk about it very much. Which okay. is a weird. Which is it's not. I just don't want you to think. That no, I'm no, no. I just keep weird, keep like going to you for like yeah, the follow up, and then I, it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm not super chatty about it. I never really have been, which makes it kind of like an interesting thing to host this podcast. I mean, we talk about a lot of different things on it. I'm just like I'm a very like private person about my own yeah. stuff. However. Just bringing up that, I once, my ex-boyfriend, uh, I squirted once and he asked me if I peed the bed and I've been like, it was the most embarrassing, it was Ugh. horrible. It was mm. horrible. And I was like, no, no. Like, shouldn't you be happy? Like, what you just made yeah. it so yeah. yeah. You made yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Now I you still get that question all the time. And when people, or when I talk about the record and people are like, well, it looks to me just like she peed that much. I'm like, right. I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stop asking me the question. I really, I don't care less. If you want to question what my body's doing and if you yeah. can understand what it's doing better than I can then you can go fuck yourself yeah, yeah it also yeah. says like a lot more about them you know what I mean kind of or it's like if you want to spend your time debating this like spend it somewhere else or go donate some money to sex research because they really <laughs> have none of it yeah mm-hmm. or buy yourself a sex ed I mean I also yeah. think it's helpful like just for men to have education I mean like that's the one thing that like porn does not in great ways most of the time but right. like at least men are familiar like like you've seen something with squirting where it's not yeah. like like that question should be well people question the porn and if that is no i know i know well and there's always this debate of like what is it and it's like who cares who cares yeah who cares if it bothers you more for everyone else yeah then stop shaming that person yeah Yeah, that's that's the thing about it is it's just like you know you think about that space is like especially with someone that you're like with you know as Mm -hmm. being like a more safe kind of environment and like it's really crazy because this happened like years and years ago and he has zero recollection of it ever happening because I brought it up to him. Oh, of course he does. And he was like, I never would have said that. And I'm like, that's cool. I never would have forgotten it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think that's nice the try, issue. Though. That's what I like to give people the advice for. If something like that sticks with you and hurts you in that moment, if you can remember, tell them like, you're going to remember this in like five years. Because I've had so many moments that were very poignant for me and very hurtful. And I really doubt that the person who who did those remembers it at all. And I right. just wish they did. I don't, yeah. even, I don't care if they're sorry or I just wish they remembered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But it wasn't traumatic for them. I feel like exactly. that's the thing. Like it, yeah. it sticks with you. It more. sticks with you because you think about it over and over again and it affects you. Yeah. But they know. I mean, like, yeah. I, I think of the things I did when I was like 18, 19, like really young, kind of like high school debaucherous mistakes. And like, I, I remember most of them very clearly. But you're a you different also person. See, yeah, you also seem like a person who like self reflects a lot. It's very on brand. But Stephen has an interesting relationship with porn too, of just being in a relationship with someone who was doing it as well. So really yeah. getting to see things from both sides, getting to see reactions and all that. So Stephen. Well, and that was one of the reasons I wanted, uh, I wanted to start talking to men uh, about sex and sexuality, because the weird thing that fucking happens after you date someone who does pornography is like, I didn't realize this at the time, but for the rest of your fucking, especially the way that it broke down with like, not only did I date someone who did porn, but then my next partner did public storytelling about it you know what I mean mm -hmm. for years and so it just became this thing that's like became your narrative yeah it became my narrative decide. and it's branded in internet ink and yeah. I, I can't get away from it and the strange things that happen is like once that's out there people will pull you aside for the rest of your life and just low-key be like so there's this thing that happened this one time oh you know God. like this one and and want to tell you about their sexual experience and that was really what drew me into advice because I'm like I really really love doing this not a doctor but <laughs> right, right, right. yeah but but i feel like for me it was growing up i grew up playing in rock and metal bands mm -hmm. and there was something really cathartic about being stuck in a van full of dudes where you're like kind of debaucherous kind of on the rails probably pretty unstable mm -hmm. and you know sharing those experiences and those sexual experiences and i think there is a place for those debaucherous friends mm -hmm. um and especially in the advice realm you don't want to take everything to your doctor right <laughs> you know no, what i absolutely. mean like what are the sometimes kinds of questions you get at pass the point mm -hmm. when you do well pass the point i mean like my role at pass the i mean pass the point's been a really interesting thing so i set up a reluctant sex advice booth it's at like pass lucy's the porn. peanuts like yeah five like lucy and the peanuts like yeah oh, nobody so gets the reference anymore <laughs> it makes me very very old Aww. you know but yeah like i think we all got, I got <laughs> it yeah i know but but i really i mean i really love giving advice um and through doing podcasting it's like it just started happening and then just kept happening mm -hmm. and then even when i was a civilian it was like people would just like shoot me something in my dms you know mm -hmm. which is a whole other so the way that social media is developed with it, it's yeah. wild but i mean past the porn is a really beautiful experience to connect with people in real time and it's a lot of i love giving advice about the vanilla stuff right. first first three ways how you're mm -hmm. gonna feel during that you know first a lot of anal experience these days. I mean, mm -hmm. that comes up a lot. I talk to a lot of people that are doing um, juggling different types of sex work because I feel like so many women have a toe dipped into either camming or sugar daddies or that kind of stuff, and they're managing relationships around that. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? Like what else? Like a ghosting lot of ghosting. What else? Oh, ghosting. Yeah, thing. ghosting. Like in terms of normal dating stuff, ghosting is making us all fucking nuts. Yeah. Like uh, just on a. Shit. It's so rude. Everyone hates it. So I mean, everyone hates it. Everyone hates it. But then also, everyone that wants advice on it has also done it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. we're all guilty of it, and we're all doing it to each yeah. other, yeah. and we're making each other fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, I guess part of it's just like how easy internet dating is in terms of like accessibility of oh. apps. So now you and disposability on, like, of human yeah, beings. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And like this idea, and I think like kind of tying back into your point of like looking at social media and kind of becoming like a public figure kind mm. of without meaning to yeah um and just Reluctant. how yeah exactly <laughs> and just how like how it changes the way that we think about other people like being behind this all the time and being mm -hmm. able to say like oh i don't have to like not show up like I i'm not gonna have to see this person in the hallway mm -hmm. i'm not gonna chances are i won't ever see them again so i can just not show up and not give a shit. Well, and you also treat people differently yeah. through that veil. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. women get that the worst. Mm -hmm. but, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. But like. I've, I've definitely, I feel like I've definitely ghosted, but I try really hard. And, and now I definitely don't do it. I, I went on one date with a guy not too long ago and my friends were like, you don't have to text him back. And I was like, but he texted me and I feel yeah. like I should respond. Yeah. And like, I'd rather be rejected so that I just know. Have yeah. you had someone do it to you where you were like, oh, this is making me. Ghosted or. Yeah. Have you been ghosted in a way that like really shook you up? I feel like I've only been ghosted by people that I don't care that I was ghosted right. by. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a mutual ghosting. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's, I feel like you can feel with that. Yeah. Mutual ghosting's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like I've definitely been irritated by it on certain accounts. Like I had, oh, I did have one. He didn't ghost me. He wound up getting back to me like a week and a half later, but we had, we had been like sleeping together and I guess he had started dating somebody. Oh. And I had kind of gathered that, but I was like, just fucking tell right? me, man. Totally. Just yeah. fucking when tell I me. I feel like yeah. you are really, I mean, you were one of the people that like was really like extra just from our yeah. conversations like oh, look yeah. give them the benefit of closure yeah. especially when it's yeah. a situation like that where even i usually tell them like hey i'm like not into it as much as i should be to do this yeah because then it's the question of like you want me to like want to go out with you again right you don't mean to just like do it to spite you right. kind of a thing to like yeah. make you happy and yeah. at that point they're usually like oh yeah right because enthusiastic consent right that's yeah. what it is yeah yeah i mean but it's also like i don't know thinking about just like 
how I mean, beyond how we treat people, it's also our like taking our responsibility for the things that we do. Yeah. So being like, if we don't if we don't follow through. Uh, and we don't like return a text message or we don't do the right thing by this person. Like, do we apologize when we fuck up? Do we try to get active consent? Do yeah. we do all of these other things? And yeah. like, to me, and it what does that person value? Right, exactly. Some like, people don't like the words of apologies, but they want you to change your actions. And right. we're in this kind of wild time where we're redefining etiquette and the way we date and the way we form relationships and mm. the way that like we maintain monogamy or non-monogamy or all these, all these things that are like foundations of the family unit are yeah. fucking shaking up and it's, Blowing up the nuclear family. I know. <laughs> it's cool. It's interesting. You can define your relationships to be whatever you want, but yeah. that gives us so much freedom. It's mm -hmm. like being in an all-you-can-eat buffet where you're like, oh, yeah, I got this, and I'm not going to eat it. Which Fuck is great, it. but you still have to, like, there's I so much like, communication around that. I feel like it's a cop-out to just be like, there's so much options, so therefore you don't want to commit to a person because mm. I tell people, like, that's fair. But I'm, yeah. like, I'm not necessarily polyamorous. I'm not monogamous. So mm. I'm like, it's not the grass is always greener because, like, you can fuck the grass. Yeah. Right. right. If you want to like and, right. and I think that's a cop out in that way, too, because it's like have that conversation and continue with it. Absolutely. The reason mm -hmm. ghosting yeah. grinds my gears a lot is because I often feel like feeling used and forgotten or feelings that kind of are more linked to my, I guess, like collective trauma mm -hmm. in that way. And ghosting really hits on those, mm -hmm. um, yeah. generally speaking. So it's just like, OK, cool. There's another one. Let's add that to the list. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I've been. I've never been like fully on ghosted, but I feel like I've been ghosted in a way that like people don't get back to me. And that I realized that recently makes me fucking bonkers. Like I had right. a friend who did it to me. We got into like a little bit of an argument and like she didn't talk to me for like a week. And I flew off the handles in mm -hmm. like an angry rage and realized that it was like personal like so trauma. You value more responsiveness. Oh, so that's yeah. of, like understanding yeah. like what are our needs I and need what are our preferences. Yep. So yeah. it's like I now I'm the same way too. So now I like communicate with that people like oh if you're like not a good frequent texter like mm. it's probably just not going to meet my needs yeah and, mm -hmm. you know it's not to say that you have to be but like i don't want to start resenting you for that just because it's something i need that you can't offer totally right. yeah yeah and like being getting having the space to learn this stuff about ourselves that we can then communicate it to whoever it is that we're with yeah you know and not feel like crappy about it yeah like, I, I don't i tend to be like a worry wart like if someone gets back doesn't get back to me i'll have or if someone's late for work and i haven't worked before them before I have to text and be like, are they always late? Or should mm. I worry that they got hit by a bus on the way here? So mm. it's like, if you don't text me back, I think you might be dead. So like <laughs> then you communicate like, hey, like, I don't care if you're going to be late. Just let me know. Yeah. So that whatever it may be. Yeah. So it's like learning how to say those things instead of I feel like a lot of people are just like, they didn't do exactly what I wanted. They're yeah. an asshole. Right. Like, also, they should just know. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge lesson. To, I feel like I've learned that in the past few years. I've, I had to ask her one time for my own communication mm -hmm. where I was like, hey, if we're like ever upset with each other. Can you just be like, hey, I love you. I can't talk about this right now. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like Done. a walk away and process and awesome. come back yeah. because I'm right. such a, I'm like a, I like to make sure that I have my thoughts first because I don't want to be hurtful unintentionally, mm -hmm. you know, and you get angry and sometimes you say things you don't mean. So I've always, my whole life, I've been like a, okay, step back and process. But like for the way that we both yeah. work, yeah. that's like, we have the worst needs but if we let each other know what it is, right. then I can be like, I need to walk away and process, but I love you and yeah. we can do this. And then she'll be like, okay, cool. I get it. Yeah, and then awesome. it's fine. Because I I know a lot of people who are like that and I've dated a lot of people who are like that. And I think that's why it took me so long to figure it out, but which it shouldn't have. But <laughs> I respect that people need their space and time mm -hmm. to think. But I personally need you to be like, I will, I can talk to you in 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, at the end like, of the yeah, day, like, yeah, yeah, it all comes down to communication styles yeah. and being able to express that to someone. And it helps you in your friendships and your working relationships. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so funny because the things that we wind up talking about in deep kink and BDSM becomes relevant to everything. Yeah. everything. And that's something that I think, you know, you do in, in some of your kink classes really well is like, you talk about um, consent, communication, and tactics for dominance that are like completely applicable to business and handling yourself in the world and Ooh. it's it's really uh yeah plug for my upcoming fake university called the rehabilitation center for insecure adults i'm being serious i know <laughs> no, i, I, know. I, I, I yeah, was, no, it was the way you, i loved yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i get very radio announcer sometimes yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask you this actually uh was one of my questions is i was wondering whether with like looking at oh sorry okay um i was wondering if like looking at the way that i think uh, like kink and BDSM have sort of entered more, a little bit more into the kind of common conversation or understanding of things. Have you seen a change in like what the community is like or how kind of like talk about consent might go? Like how do you initiate people who are more recently interested, I guess? Yeah, so my main 
goals as a sex educator. I didn't necessarily get into this to help people. I got into this to prevent people from hurting each other Mm -hmm. or to equip them should they hurt each other, especially when you get into kink and BDSM. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm mainly also just talking about emotionally and mentally. Uh, Even for the person, if they're like, I want this, there may be so many things they're not considering. Mm -hmm. So there's more of a a likelihood for someone maybe getting hurt, even if both people are really good at communicating their consent and boundaries and blah, blah, blah. Miscommunications happen. So I just want to prepare people for that so they don't hurt each other. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time it's people getting into what I call the kink starter pack. So Mm -hmm. it's the spank choke and a hair pull. And people are doing the things they see in porn, but they're not necessarily doing it correctly or they're doing it because it's different and it feels naughty and wrong so mm-hmm. that's what they like about it but then it's thinking of how how does it actually make you feel what do you like about it are you just doing are you being spanked because you like the way it looks do you actually like the feeling do you like it mentally so I really try to focus people on understanding that firstly they're they don't know everything about themselves and they will never stop learning so always staying in constant discovering mode and like knowing that those will change and also focusing on how they want to feel mm-hmm. not necessarily what they want to do yeah in that mm-hmm. way so I try giving them more of like the building blocks of consent because I also right. have a beef with current consent culture because it's all about questioning of like can I have may I take and with that too it's something that I teach this in my doming classes it's a tactic questioning you're putting someone on the defensive mm-hmm. they have to answer that question they become an unintentional gatekeeper so instead it's of how do I express this and give someone room to make their own decisions without feeling like I'm pressuring them or they have to figure out what if that decision is yes or no and then yeah. how it's going to affect our relationship right yeah. we and ha- like sorry go ahead. no just like how how they feel in the moment you know and like even taking that out I had a this is one of the only other things that I ever talk about is like this one other experience where this guy smacked my ass really hard without asking first yeah. and scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got upset with me for reacting the way that I reacted because it made him feel a certain way. And I was like, but you hit me and I don't, you know, and then and then he actually kind of links in with ghosting, kind of forced me to break up with him because he was too weak to actually do it. Uh. So I had mm. to then come back around and it wasn't until we sat down for me to break up with him. That he was like, well, it's because this one. So I was like, I don't understand what happened. Everything was fine. All of a sudden, there was like a switch, and he's like, it's because of that one day, basically, like when you got upset because, and it was literally cool. just me. Yeah, cool. it was literally just yeah. me. Like when it happened, being like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like just like tensing up for a second, and that was it, you know. And it was kind of like this thing of like, well, I understand, like maybe this is a thing that you've done in in like past relationships, and maybe this is a thing that we'll do. But like, you scared me, and you have to kind of acknowledge that that yeah. sort yeah. of happened, and so with this idea of people like of things kind of being entered in you still have to check even if it's like a small thing even if it's like part of the intro pack you still have to check in with who you're with yeah. Yeah. to make sure that like they know what's happening you and know there's Some a way of doing of that, that. Yeah. that's not just like can i do this right well not yeah, only that but totally. but just giving people an awareness i mean i actually it's so funny because when i was coming out of my breakup there are things that get wired into you after you're with someone for like seven eight years mm-hmm. where like all of a sudden it's like you you know you have their kinks in your wiring and that kind of mm-hmm. and i remember having conversations with the first people that i was with where it was like okay we have really healthy boundaries conversations you know if, if there's any type of aggression or there's spanking or choking or any any type of that style of activity i would want to know and then i also kind of gave them a heads up of like hey like i have this like like i had spankering so wired in Mm -hmm. that the first time i was with a partner that didn't want that Mm -hmm. i had to really like deep breath (laughs) you know what i mean like kind of stop my stop myself and just and just reprogram and and, um, because it's like so a part of mm -hmm. what your experience has been for a while and so right exactly and the more you practice it the more it becomes you know that that's why like i love consistent partner you know like but you know it, yeah. it, in any it, it's just a great thing to be able to talk out mm-hmm. and then be able to bring into your practice because you do develop like almost like routines yeah mm-hmm. well, and it, you, sorry, sorry. Uh, i was gonna say it's finding ways to learn i always like to point out that we talk about boundaries so much and one we may have no fucking idea what our boundaries are but also we don't have to know them all up front we can be able to set them as we go because mm-hmm. sometimes we boundary ourselves and it's like when is it serving you and when is it preventing you from learning or healing and dealing with the uncomfortable yeah mm-hmm. like are you just protecting yourself or is it actually serving right sometimes right. The uncomfortability is healthy mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but also that con- whole conversation that you had with that guy could have gone so differently like mm-hmm. mistakes happen or like or not even a mistake but like something he didn't know that you didn't like and then mm-hmm. if he had just been like oh sorry you don't like that well and yeah. just a sincere apology and yeah. kind of yeah. understanding would have made a big difference yeah it's, you know that's that's the interesting thing about it like bringing it back to earlier conversation just about how how 
removing ourselves from these kind like even stupid yeah. things like ordering seamless all the time getting everything delivered to the house removing ourselves from these constant small Habits. interpersonal relationships yeah. and having to be to reach a certain level of etiquette changes the way that we act in all of these other ways mm -hmm. you know because we're no longer practiced at those things now can i ask did that impact the way that you have your kind of opening conversations with new partners of like like is that an experience that you bring up as kind of like you know i want to know before before any kind of impact or anything like that yeah i mean that one really that really took me by surprise because yeah. he was like because in my in my experience um it's i've never had that happen to me so early right so like i think that was like the first time we hooked up so yeah. i felt like there's um there's converse i i'm like a tough nut so like it's <laughs> <laughs> clearly um but like you know, it takes me a little while to open up and feel comfortable and feel like I can be vulnerable in wait, that wait, sort I'm, of space. I'm so sorry to question this, but like when you say you're a tough nut, does that mean you're emotionally closed off, or does that mean you're a difficult orgasm? Um, I am, I am, I am emotionally, or I am really slow to be comfortable physically with somebody. Gotcha. Um, and it's not like I can get myself up pretty easily. So a first <laughs> night, like going from zero to smacking eleven, is a big yeah, deal. For yeah, yeah. So for me, that's huge yeah. because like I'm, I'm like. I'm like slow. I want to get to know you a little bit. I want to know mm. if I can trust you. I'm like, I'm not sure how, um, like if this isn't going to go anywhere, do I want to push myself in this weird, in this way that I'm not comfortable with, with a person that I don't feel safe with, Yeah, you know? So I dated somebody later on who was a smacker, but we talked about it earlier and I was okay with it. Yeah. You know, right. we had a conversation. We'd slept together a couple of times and I was like, Did yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, I liked that he liked it. It wasn't mm. a thing that particularly like I got pleasure from the fact that it made him that it pleasured him. But like I, I like if no one ever smacks my ass again, I'd be OK with Did it. Did you not like it? No, I didn't dislike it. It was just I, there. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I wouldn't even say it, it was there. I would say like even though it's like a like a low level thing, it was a it was a trust thing for me, you know, of just yeah. being like, OK, he's figured out like how to like not hurt me, basically. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Because there was one time he slapped me too hard and I had like a whole fucking red handprint on my ass. And I wasn't into that particularly, yeah. personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what I'm hearing from you is that you really, really value intimacy. Yes. And communication. Yes. And, you know, those yeah. are your core tenets. Yeah. Which is probably why I relate to you and we mm -hmm. wind up dating people. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm yeah. like way more of like an emotional intimacy and like yeah. the physical side of it, to be honest with you, is not like a super important thing to me. Yeah. Like I'm not a very... um not like the most into sex person you know yeah. and that's a thing that we haven't talked about too much here but there's like such a such a big spectrum of like how interested people are and like how like physiologically into it we are mm -hmm. and just never had super strong sex drive and i've been shamed about that a lot i think i've heard you say this to me before that you would like like as a like old school rom-coms where you can just make out and then yeah. it cuts to the next Oh, morning. that would get so funny because I was just going to tell a story. Like, that's actually what I like to do at sex parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love, I love a good teen make out. Yeah. And I am too intense for some people. I mean, like, I'm a lot of eye contact. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I really, <laughs> I want to like feel something. Like, I really, but, uh, you know, uh, some of the, I didn't, I feel like when I was going to sex parties with a partner, like I wasn't really getting it. And everything that I was doing was for my partner because I am a pleaser and I was just trying to please. So yeah. it was like, okay, what do you fantasize? What do you fantasize about? I'm trying to play out their fantasy. And when I went alone, it was like, okay, I love going in and just removing that fear because everyone walks into a sex party. And I feel like, especially for women, the fear is that you need to fuck, yeah. you know? And if you just take that off the table and you're like, hey, just so you know, like I can't have penetrative sex the first time I meet someone. I don't fluid bond. I get tested regularly and here's my like let me address all of your fears in this space and i just want to make out with a teen and get real handsy in a corner yeah, somewhere yeah. if you would be into that See, i think that's, that's a really shit. <laughs> it, it was molly brenner that said that oh okay but if hmm. i could just make out and that was it i'd be so happy yeah and that's, and I, you know the limit the limited that. experiences i've had it's like seeing someone's eyes light up like mm. that that's a thing that they can do and we can go back to this like spin the bottleness of being i mean that's a beautiful thing oh. for me as an adult and i feel like it's something that we there kind of be a giant we kind of the bottle lose. game I, yeah, there, I honestly there are too many of those at sex parties oh, really? yeah also it takes away the like consent thing a little too oh much, too. i can see that sure well, but I feel like you need to build a consent element into it. I mean, there's probably yeah. a better game. I mean, like, we can probably improve on these games, you guys. There's like, no fucking, like, like, we've been playing seven minutes in heaven for a long time. <laughs> 
when I've had to lead that. like truth or dare things like that at some of the, the sex clubs that I work at, one of my favorite ones because it's fun for everyone and they can always say like no when I give them a different dare. One of them is I have people's like, okay, you have to go up to someone and get on one knee and take their hand and give them a compliment. <gasps> like serenade oh, them. Love yeah. that. The other one is naked jumping jacks because it's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound that will never And you don't have to touch fun. anyone. You know? Oh my God. I would yeah. have to like hold my breasts up. That <laughs> right. So yeah. bad. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having us in your vagina. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> we fit four people in here. Yeah. Whew. It's pretty roomy. Yeah. yeah. You guys thought you were vanilla. Yeah. Jeez. Right. <laughs> Um, can you let our audience know where we can find you? Yes. Our podcast is at is our love underscore. I think it's five underscores. Five underscores. Yeah, five there underscores. are five underscores. Count I can tell out. you facts. Five underscores. If you just Not... Google is our love, though, you can find it. Is our love. Yeah, is our love. And if you Google is our love, Lola Jean, reluctant expert, like it definitely comes <laughs> up. I mean, uh, the, yeah, we weren't. I, I We didn't come up with the name thinking about Google. No. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me at lolajean.com. Um, everything else is lolajean.com. Twitter, Instagram, website, all and of it. And I'm at the reluctance expert. And yeah. if you want to follow past the porn, it's yeah. at PTP experiment. And I have way too much social media to manage for someone who doesn't <laughs> like doing it. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank, yeah, you. thank you so much for having me. So we had a conversation about orgasms and then we were going to talk. We were going to like go through uh, orgasm, like facts, orgasm gaps, stuff like that. So I did a little, a little quick Google. A googling? I did a little googling. A I did a googling. Sure, sure, sure. And this is an article written by a woman and it's the... 16 things you didn't know about the female orgasm. Mm. And number seven mm. is that Marilyn Monroe never climaxed with JFK, Sinatra, or DiMaggio. How the fuck does this person know that? How exactly. the fuck does this person know that? And so here's the little thing under it. That's right. America's biggest sex symbol was anorgasmic until just before she died at 36. That's when she told her psychiatrist that she'd finally enjoyed an orgasm. And then the proverbial curtain came down. What a waste. What a waste? Right? And also... Suck my dick. Suck my neighbor's dick. Yeah, all the dick. What the fuck? All of it. And it's also like, uh, if any psychiatrist was releasing that information about their client, that person should be put in jail. And by the way, as somebody who always wants to know the sources of where everything is coming from, there are no hyperlinks. And then there's like a, and this was like when I Googled like things about orgasms, that came up and I am offended. Because like, that's something you should absolutely have. Like, first of all, I don't understand how that got released at all from a fucking site, like a psychiatrist who is a medical professional. Second of all, like you said, like there has to be fucking, like even if you do, which is outrageous, there needs to be fucking hyperlinks to that. Like what is your resource? How do I know that your opinion of that? Oh my God, I'm so annoyed. that I'm so annoyed by that whole situation. Me too. I was so mad. That's why I was like, I need to just read you this thing because I read it and I was like, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) I, I, I have so many thoughts I can't even like formulate them. I mean, I do have to say that one of my thoughts is that I am the same age as Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Right now? That's the thought. <laughs> yeah. That's it. She died at 36. Right. Yeah, it's on a listicle. It feels insulting it's, to me. It's made up information on a listicle. And the fact that, like, a listicle is a thing, it's just bullshit. And even if it's, it's just true, clickbait. like, then, like, what's the real waste that, like, the like all of those, like, high-powered men that she dated didn't take the time out to find out what gave her the most enjoyment and like the most relaxation. What I would like to be- what I would like to believe, which I know is not accurate, is that the waste is that she didn't experience an orgasm until right before she died. But obviously if this writer cared about that, they wouldn't have actually written this thing. But that's what I mean is like this doesn't feel like it was written for her like in compassion no. of Marilyn Monroe whatsoever. No, it was like written in in thinking about 
the dudes getting the privilege of the the dudes getting the privilege of uh of like pleasuring this sex symbol because that's what she was reduced to in this little piece is like this sex symbol didn't it was never it was it's not even a conversation about like that it wasn't even about her sexuality it's like it wasn't about her in bed yeah. and it wasn't about her as a news tabloid no. fucking no it wasn't about her at all headline it wasn't about her at all trash Ugh. who was it written by a woman what's the name That's, oh it was written that by was a woman what really blew my mind it was written by a woman named nicole caldwell are you sure she wasn't saying like it was it was a waste that she didn't have an orgasm? I mean that might have been I feel like her intention. I feel like that was probably her intention, but it's like but the the actual point was Marilyn Monroe never climaxed with JFK, Sinatra, or DiMaggio. It wasn't about like Marilyn Monroe never had an orgasm, is that she didn't have an orgasm with these like super sex symbols. And then right. that it's like, that's right, America's biggest sex symbol was anorgasmic until just before she died. That's when she told her psychiatrist that she'd finally enjoyed an orgasm. And then the perver- proverbial curtain came down, which is like, what a waste. And probably like, what a waste that she didn't get to experience, I guess, is what she was going for. But it's like, fuck you. Fucking hope so but also like why i don't understand why we're even writing about Mm -hmm. that when did that come out in 2016 not that long ago let the girl rest yeah i i feel like we have to apologize to marilyn monroe for like a whole bunch of stuff a lot of things dear marilyn monroe you were dear marilyn Monroe, amazing and incredible and we're we're so so sorry. sorry you were a national fucking treasure Thanks for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. On Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Soon to be on Medium. You can donate to us at Patreon, LiberaPay, PayPal, and uh, Venmo at Welcome to My Vagina. Yeah, become a monthly subscriber. Yeah, yeah, go to WelcomeToMyVagina.com and become a subscriber to our newsletter as mm-hmm. well. You can email us at welcome to my vagina at gmail.com. We like questions and fan art and jingles and suggestions for future episodes. True. Check out Jesse's awesome videos at on YouTube. Just search for welcome to my vagina. Check out Rebecca's awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And head on over to morebanana.com to check out all of the awesome projects by our production company. Yeah. And thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate, for being our amazing, dope-ass fucking producer. (laughs) Cool.